With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Praise the Lord, everybody. Recorded live. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Bishop Kelly Zimmerman, and I am so excited to be here with you today for another interesting talk on Kingdom Today. Kingdom Today is just talking about different situations, different events that impact our kingdom community. I am so glad to have several people with us today, and they're going to join in with us because we have a series of conversations that we're going to dive into today. Let me ask you this question. Do you have to have a certain look to make an impression on the kingdom today? Do you have to be a certain size? Do you have to have your hair a certain way? Do you have to be a certain gender? When did it come from making an impact on the disciples? When did just preaching and proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ take on the appearance of whether you wear excessive makeup, or any makeup at all? Do you always have to have a clean-cut look? Do you always have to have the best articulation of wording? Why is it so important that we have to have a certain look? Do we always shun those who may have tattoos, or do we always um, discount those who look different from the way we are? We're going to look into some of these answers, some of these questions, excuse me, and understand what is it that impacts the kingdom of God. We have so many uh, interesting talks and discussions And I want you to be a part of it, whether you are on our panel or whether you are listening in. I want you to feel that you can come in and contribute as well because we're we're deciding, we're talking about these things. We are laying it all out on the table today. I've seen so many people. Discount some because some are tall and they've got the appearance of being a leader, and I've seen some that are discounted because they're not so tall. But I want to hear from you today. Now, we have several people that I've invited. Some said that they could come, and some may not be here today, but that's okay. We're going to work with who we have. So I'm just appreciative 
of those that were able to make it, and I'm appreciative for some that let me know that they were not able to attend, but I'm glad you're here because you make the difference. Amen? So who who do we have on today? Apostle Armour. Oh, welcome, Apostle Armour. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. I know about you, and you all, ladies and gentlemen, you are in for a treat today. Well, my name is Apostle Armour. I am the Senior Leader of Resurrection Outreach Ministries in the city of Newark, New Jersey. I am the leading apostle of Resurrection Worldwide Fellowship of Ministries and Churches. Uh, we have several covenant churches under us. We have Apostle Elsie Wyatt, newly affirmed apostle, who uh, pastors our church in Allentown, Pennsylvania, Life After Death Prophetic Ministries, and Apostle Manessa Hester, who pastors Powerhouse in Newark, New Jersey. And we also have a fellowship in church, Reaching Out Deliverance Ministries, where Apostle Speaks is that preacher, and she's in Jersey City. Um, I am a woman of God who loves God, with everything in me. I praise dance. I am a recording artist. I uh, am into the arts as a whole. I love young people. I work with autistic children, and I just love what I do. I'm a very real and a raw preacher who just respects transparency in the kingdom. Amen. Amen. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you right now, she is just everything that she says she is. And I've had the pleasure of meeting her, and she is an awesome woman of God. When I tell you she's humble but bold, and she's sold out to the Lord. She's authentic in every way. And I am so glad to have you on with us today. I'm so honored that you took time out of your busy schedule to come and join us today. I'm thanking you so much from the bottom of my heart. Do we have any other panels with us today? Some may be on their way, but we can go ahead and get started, Apostle, and some may join us in on later on the call. But one of the things that I notice is that when you look at TV, and I'm not attacking any of our uh, channels because, and per se, because sometimes we have to have a starting point. We know that we have to be prosperous. We have to let the people of the world know that kingdom people can look good. We can look attractive. We can look just as good as the world, but we don't have to conform to certain standards. But do would you say, Apostle, that we sometimes fall tend to fall into the trap that we try a little bit too hard, would you say? Well, I mean, yes, I've, I've been able to witness both sides. I believe that um, we can be who we're called to be without compromising our morals without compromising our dress code, without compromising our way of ministering the word. We do. We we see that um, others are uh, having a gathering or following um, 
and we try to do what they do. But if we operate outside of the way God designed us to do it, uh, we still don't reach those who are intended to be uh, followed by our voice. And so I believe that if you just continue to be yourself as he created you, because he created us each differently for a reason, if you do it the way that he gave it to you, then um, you would find that you would get a better Exactly, exactly. Because one of the things is um, you have some that regardless at the end of the day, they are so beautiful, and that comes from within. And it illuminates on the outside because of the greater one that's in within. And so when we learn to allow Christ, who is our center point anyway, to illuminate within us on the outside, that's going to guide us in how we, we keep our appearance in the first place. We're going to be guided by that. And it's okay to be, uh, you know, keep maintaining and, and dress a certain way uh, or look a certain way. Some, some of our uh, prominent uh, gospel celebrities I've been a little disappointed because where they stood in the beginning to be sold out, and I don't want to name names to attack, to give the appearance of attacking anybody, but at the same token, as they got out and more fame, then they began to conform to the world system. And then I had to say, okay, well, are you back stepping one foot out in the world because some of their clothes were more form-fitting than the world. And I was a little disappointed because not that I'm, you know, trying to to look in a sexual manner, but at the same token, you know, it was just like you couldn't hear what they were saying because you saw what they had on and it was nothing left to the imagination. And so I'm like, okay, are you trying to recruit the world to Christ, because that doesn't seem like it's going to be working, you know. And so I was a little disappointed, but I, I only thing that I could do is inspect the fruit, and I said, well, God, you have to be the judge because you're the righteous judge. All I can do is expect fruit. And so from that point on, then I would have to say, okay, what, God, you got you convict Holy Spirit and just keep them uplifted up in prayer. Well, well I I agree. Um uh-huh. to, to some extent. I mean, we have to understand that um we once you really get out there in the industry there's a lot of clauses and and things that are in these contracts that cause them um and I can't say all, as I say some that cause them to um, compromise or conform to what is expected um, to reach both sides. Now, I believe that you can remain yourself and still reach those without changing who you are or changing your apparel. There are some artists that are ministering on both spectrums that have not allowed their dress code, um, per se, to um, violate the message that they're trying to portray. So I, I know that it can Absolutely. be done of 
uh, your standards, your morals. I think that sometimes we go too far in trying to reach the laws. I know he said that he that win of souls is wise, but at the same time, in Christ, winning souls never did. He compromised that which he told us to do. So we have to learn the balance between the two. That's the key right there, that balance, that balance. And knowing, and you said another good point as far as knowing when to draw the line. And I'm paraphrasing, not you didn't say that verbatim, but that's what mm-hmm. I received out of what you were saying. And, mm-hmm. and if I've misquoted you, please let me know because I never want to uh, misquote anything that someone has said. No, but when you are at that point, because there are some some celebrities, just as you said, that will not. Uh, compromise their walk, and so when they refuse to compromise and re- and continue to allow their integrity to be maintained, you know, because they're determined that they're going to stay within the confines of the Word of God, then they're determined that, and they're not going to the, allow the world system to sway them. And so I, my hat goes off to them. But when you have some that's, okay, well, the system is saying this and, and I want to do this, you know, then I'm a little disappointed, you know. But one of the things is that I'm wondering, too, when we get to some of the our proclaimers of the gospel, um, you know, with both of us as well being proclaimers, and I dare not attack any any of our proclaimers, but we have some that now they have changed over even to what seems to be right. And where we know that prosperity is a popular teaching now, but um, – to get to win more people in the churches, to fit, to conform, uh, even to please, to have that look, uh, the muscle shirts, uh, the certain appearances to look young uh, when they really should just embrace the beauty that God has created them to be, you know, and so that's the way we we need to get to the point of really, 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 how can I say it? And I'm trying to say it in a manner that I'm probably saying it longer than I should. <laughs> but in other words, we have now more proclaimers doing verbal um, conforming as well. What are your thoughts concerning that? Are you addressing me, or will we have another panelist on? Well, I'm. I'm wait. Well, we're talking while we're waiting on the other panels as well, because I'm hoping that they will come. But if they don't, we'll we'll just keep going with the flow. Okay. Um, well, I'm a firm believer. What I teach in any ministry, um, whether it be those that are directly um, in covenant with me, or even when I go out and minister. I just believe that just because they make it in your size, you don't have to wear it. And Mm -hmm. 
I, I believe the word when it says that we should dress them out of the power. I believe um, even in the scriptures when um, in First Samuel, um, when the Lord told them not to look on uh, the countenance and his stature and his height, because he wasn't so much looking on the outside as he was on the inside. A lot of us dress uh, to conform to the world to make to gain either the youth or there's a um, a targeted audience that some people are trying to reach, and so they dress to conform to that. I believe um, that holiness is right. I believe that um, I don't need to change how. I'm wearing my clothes to get you to listen to me because if you're going to listen, you're going to listen to me no matter what I'm wearing of the day. Now, I believe that we can go too far. I don't want to look at your muscles if I'm trying to hear from God. Now, you can't do nothing about the fact if you go into the gym and you're working out. Okay, God bless your physique. But there's a time when it should be on display and a time when it should be um, kept in modesty. And so if you have um, an, an audience that you know is easily distracted, why do something that's going to take more attention away from the word? Our, our job is not to make people feel good and feel happy. Our job is to bring them to a point of conviction and uh, repentance. And so you don't have to look good to make me know that I need to repent. What you need to do is be good in the word. And so it doesn't make sense for you to dress all up. Um, your outward appearance, if nothing that I see from the inside out when you're not in the pulpit matches what you're trying to proclaim to me. So I, I think that we have to be mindful that dressing according to the kingdom is not just a physical outfit or a material outfit, but it is your person inside and out because that's who we're going to see the most, your inside. Exactly. Exactly. That is exactly well stated because when we we are sitting up and we're putting on these outward airs, these outward layers of clothing, but then when we're not, when our substance is not producing, the inner substance is not producing what the outward is supposed to be demonstrating, you know, if the outward... If the outward man is supposed to be, okay, well, I'm reaching out to the teens. You know, we may be putting on blue jeans for the teens, and we're having a teen moment, and we're talking about, okay, I'm being real and I'm being transparent. When I was a teen, this is what I did, and I've changed since then, and such and such a thing and whatever. But at the same token, your lifestyle, they see you a week later, and you're doing petty things, you haven't shown that teen that you've evolved from the lifestyle of pettiness until a mature adult. You're not, you're not ministering to that child. And so there's no hope that they're getting out of you that Christ dwells in you. And, and I mean, that was so well said. Um, so not only do the outward garments have to be changed, but the inward garments have to be changed already, too. You cannot put new wine in old wineskins. That's what the woman says. <laughs> it's so true. Now, at this time, do we have any other uh, panels that have come in? I want to make sure that I give each and every panel uh, an opportunity to share as well. 
So I know that some are, uh, said they were coming in and some may be uh, on their way from work or what have you. So at this time, we'll just keep on going with the flow. But I want to thank you, Apostle, for coming in and sharing with us uh, in this moment. I, I tell you, it's, it's an awesome time to be on the show um, we're still going to go with it. We're still going to have an awesome time, and I thank you because you're doing a fabulous job. And I want you to know that, you know, the clothes is not what defines the person. It's what God has clothed us with through his anointing. And so when we learn that in the first place, we don't have to go out and buy the gators. We don't have to go necessarily buy the red bottoms. Well, those things are nice. And they are very beautiful to put on. They don't define us. Um, I was told, uh, as being a bishop of Lord's Church, if you're not, if you don't have a certain kind of income, if you don't wear a certain kind of clothes, then you're not really a bishop. And so um, I was like, oh, really? Well, I'm a bishop, regardless of what I I wear, because. I will go and I will shop at Walmart, I will shop at Target, I will shop at Ross, and whatever I like, whether it's brand name or not, that's what I wear. And I'll wear it as if I'm wearing red bottoms. I will wear them as if I'm wearing St. John's Bay or whatever. I'll wear some J.C. Penney's too. And so it doesn't bother me because the clothes don't define me. I can pray over my clothes, and my clothes are just as anointed as anybody else's. And people don't realize that some of the very designer clothes you're wearing, you're carrying demons on them. Oh, let me give you an example. Brahmin bags. Brahmin bags are a name of a Hindu god. And when you carry those and you haven't prayed over those things, you're walking around with a Hindu god spirit over on your shoulder. But you walking around like you got it all together. Help me, somebody. I'm sorry. I'm listening. <laughs> I know. I know, Apostle. I probably just. I'm just giving an example, and I love well, Brahmin bags. They're beautiful bags. Well, but before I, I carry one on my shoulder, I pray over it. Yeah, I don't I don't carry that bag, so I don't have that testimony. But uh, uh when it comes to the garments, it doesn't matter because you can put on the garb of a bishop, you can put on the garb of an apostle, you can put on the garb of a pastor and so forth and all of the other things that we have these great sacred services for to garb all of these people. If you still nasty on the inside, your outward apparel still makes no difference. I'm I'm exactly. everybody hung up on making sure I have the right garb and I'm making sure that I have everything that I'm needed before the people to see me dressed in this office. But where's the office after the service? That's the influential part for my life. Where where is the title? I believe that you should make the title and the title should not make you. So you can't determine whether I am an apostle or not because God called and ordained the apostle, not you. So it is just a matter of just allowing it to be an outward show for the people to see that this is something that God has done and somebody agrees with me. But if I'm not walking 
in the office of the apostle and flowing in the apostolic fivefold ministry of that office, then my influence is nothing because all I did was gain a new title. So if you don't understand where I've been, if you don't understand what it took for me to get it, I don't dress to impress people. I dress to impress me and God. And so if if what I'm wearing doesn't measure up to you, then what you could do is come get me and pick me up and take me shopping. And then me and you could be wearing the same thing. But the Bible lets us know over in James that we got to be careful about how we see people. We have to be careful about when somebody comes in here and they got on uh, the best of garb and the right shoe and they got the right jewelry on and they come in and we ready to take them to the front as a leader. But another pastor who comes on and it looks like they might be going through financially and can't dress the part, you're going to have them sit in the back. They're not worthy to sit up with others. God says be careful about that over in James. And so you don't That's understand it. Coming to minister through the poor. He made promises to the poor, not to the rich. He made promises to the poor. And so we have to be careful about what we consider influential because the corner church is getting more souls delivered than the mega church. church, You're lost in there, and that's why you're going, so that your mess is not so easily found out. But in the cornerstone church, you have to be accountable for your actions. That's and right. so we worry, we have to find um, what really is influential. Influence is different depending on who the person is. It's a matter of perception. What you think is influential may not be so influential when you go to another That's part right. of the country. When you even go down the street, what you think you got and is all powerful might mean nothing when you go to another church. They may not even know your name. Well, influential, if you really want to be influential, why are you still in the same state that I'm in? Influential takes you where I'm not. So let, right. let's, let's be careful about how we look at others and how we judge how influential they are. Now, I am not Juanita Bynum. No, I am not. I'm not even Jackie McCullough, but guess what? I'm Apostle Juanita Armour, and I have had some influence on several people's lives that if you were to ask for their testimony, they would be able to give it. That's what matters to me. Not whether you think my name is in the wind, but that what I've said has affected somebody to the point where it caused their life to change. So if all of your money and all of your guards still have no evidence of change, then your influence is what? Oh. So I, I want everybody <laughs> to understand, understand what influence really is. Oh, I love it. I love it, Apostle. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and if you all didn't didn't believe me before, I told you she was the real deal. I told you she was the real deal. I love it, Apostle. I love it. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about right there. You don't have to have all of those things. But, see, a lot of people walk around thinking that they are influential because of those garments and haven't been educated, haven't been educated on nothing that they call themselves wearing, but they're being influenced by the wrong things and not being an influence on anybody else to invoke a change in their lives for the better. And that's a sad thing. They're influencing other people probably on their way to hell when they're thinking they're on the way to heaven. But they're going to be the ones that's going to bust hell wide open because their works are going to be undone. 
They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing because they're caught up in the wrong thing, you know. I went on a uh, a conference with one bishop, and on that conference, while we were trying to get things in order so that God can be glorified, this particular bishop went shopping for themselves. It wasn't to glorify God. It was like to get what they wanted, personal items. And I'm like, no, everybody's tired. Everybody's trying to get situated um, to get things done to glorify. People just coming off flight. Nobody had time to freshen up, to rest, or anything. But we are so into trying to glorify God, but your your desire is to go get some personal things for yourself to exhaust yourself, to puff yourself up because your mindset is, I got to look good because I'm a bishop. Now, all bishops don't do that, but I'm just saying. And so I was disappointed. I said, okay, I'm going to be the one that I'm going to set make a difference. I'm not going to go like that. God... I thank you that my mindset, and I'm not trying to exalt myself, but I said, God, keep me humble. Keep me to the point that I never want myself to look better than you because I never want to take your glory. I never want to do things to disappoint you. I want to always make you smile. When I get increased, I want to be able to bless you, God. Instead of focusing on, I got to look good for this. I got to do this. Because I'd rather, I'd rather bring that glory and honor, have that clothing go to God, than to have that for myself. And that is the way we all should be. That is how we're supposed to give God glory and honor. That's how we're supposed to focus our clothing on. I'm sorry? You're going in and out. Am I? Okay. Can you hear me better now? Yes. Okay. And that's what we're supposed to do. When we focus on our appearance, it should be where I want to serve you. Our, Our appearance should be the desire to serve God in such a way that it brings glory and honor to him and he'll clothe us with the right things that we need. He knows what we have need of instead of trying to fit an image. That's what happened to the people. They wanted a king. They could not trust God. And they wanted a king. And who did they have? Saul. And so because of that, they went through unnecessary challenges because they wanted something that looked good. And looking good can get us in trouble trying to look fit the bill. Am I correct? Yeah. You know, we got to get out of that mindset. You know, uh, the world system will have us do those things. But God's system says, trust me, and I'll have all your needs met whether it be physical, mental, or spiritual. He says, I'm the total package. 
You don't have to worry about those things. I got you. I got you covered. But the world system will have you worrying and trying to fit an image. And some of that comes from the media, some of the radio personalities, some of the TV personalities. That's according to the world system. And so I go back again, you know, I'm glad that there are a remnant of people such as yourself, Apostle, because I'm so honored. Ever since I met you, I've just been so floored by you and and to see such a powerful woman of God that is no nonsense but at the same time humble and will go in and teach the unadulterated word and live that lifestyle. So I'm, I'm just like the remnant that will go in and, and do this and be that example that God created us to be. I'm just excited about that. So I bless God for, for women like you, you know, to do that. And some of the people that's within your ministry that I was able to meet as well that are also like that as well. So one of the things – just a quick question. I have a few people hitting me up asking if they are able – they are joined in and they're asking if they're able to participate in the discussion. Oh, yes, please, by all means. Okay, what were you going to say? Oh, if they had a question, let them feel free to participate. Uh, if you have any questions, please, we'll open the floor right at this time. Okay. In the meantime, what were you what were you saying? I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I was going to ask another question, um, such as um, from you being in ministry, how has the image impact affected your ministry? as you were starting out, how has it affected your ministry as you were coming along? When you say image, you mean appearance? Yes. Uh, Did you ever have to go through any struggles uh, with being uh, an image, you know, fitting into that image? I struggle as being a woman in ministry, period. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, those that come in fellowship, you know, um, I'm not naive to the fact that they don't fully believe in women preachers. Um, right. I understand um, in the beginning uh, there were many that were around and fellowshipping and just thought I was the best thing, but then when it came to um, standing up against um, things that I didn't feel were conducive when it came to ministry, then I found out that you really didn't have kingdom-mindedness when you came to connect. You really just saw somebody starting out, might not have been experienced, who was looking to fit in or looking to be received um, in in this realm of ministry. And you just didn't think that I knew anything because I was a woman. But when you found out that I had enough strength and enough backbone, so, yes, um, struggles, yes. Even now, you know, when we were the church that just 
you know, come on in, you know, we gonna have a good time. We was known for shouting, we was known for having long hours of service. We were the place for everybody to go. But then when I started saying, No, that's not right or no, we're not gonna do that or this is what we should do and you can't you sure that's what you you can't be who you say you are and that's what you believe, then you find out who really desires or who really believes um as you do. And and that's a problem that a lot of people have, even when starting up with ministry, because you want to be received by those who you've looked up to or those that you've watched and they had no idea. And so you admired them. And so now you feel like you can go to them um, as you're mm-hmm. branching out. And you find out that, um, oh, my God, that's not really who you are. Talking about influence, because humility comes with influence. That That's the most influential part of this image because the higher we go, the more humble mm-hmm. we're supposed to become. So I, right. can, I can be humble in my strength, but what you won't do is just step to me any kind of way because you feel like I'm a woman who has no backbone. I beg to differ with you. God will give me the strength to get anything up off me. And so the image yeah. is the image is that um we must remain as humble servants, and our clothes don't determine how influential we are. That's where a lot of people are just misinformed, because I can dress to high heavens if I wanted to, but if my message doesn't match my clothes, what difference does it make? And just because I happen to be making more money than the next bishop that's sitting next to me does not mean that they're any less than I am. God has just blessed me that I am mm-hmm. able give or do the way at this particular time. And if I'm not careful and I don't watch how I judge the person who is not where I am, I might find myself having to go to that person to hack, to ask for help. That's so right. We, we, our, our, our image is should be one of God. And if what we're representing is not God, then we're misrepresenting the kingdom. And so we, we have to be careful. Influence is is a dangerous thing and it can be taken to the positive or the negative, depending on the vessel that's using the influence. Well said, well said. I like that. I know myself uh, being in ministry where I am, it's very difficult. And um, I had a lot of opportunities um uh, preaching engagements and things like that. But when the moment I became consecrated as a bishop, that's when it really became a challenge because of the fact, oh, women should not be bishops. And who are you to become a bishop? I've been in ministry longer than you. Well, God says if you humble yourself before his mighty throne, he will exalt you and he will set you before great men. And so... That's what I did. I I tried to stay humble. I've always asked God to keep me humble. Well, you don't have this and you don't have this. Well, God said he'll supply all of my needs. So I don't have to have what you think I should have when he said he'll supply everything that I need anyway. And so people will find so many different things about you when you're not tall to be a bishop because I'm five even. Well, Saul, the apostle Paul, was four foot eleven, but yet a lot of people don't know that, and he was one of the most respected men ever. So you tell me, 
what does height have to do with it? You know, people will pick so many things to disqualify you. But God, he qualified each and every one of us. All we have to do is submit and obey. And if we're willing and obedient, we get to eat the good of the land. Well, so, that's, that's, being a woman and being a bishop is going to be a debate till the end of time. One, because of the specific wording that he that desires the office of a bishop. But we must also study the day and time in which the scriptures were written. And most women exactly. weren't in that office. And so you 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 use it interchangeably, but you'll make a woman an overseer. Study your word. Because if you just go to the NIV version, the bishop is an overseer. So exactly. it, it depends on um, how you were brought up, your interpretation of the word. There are so many things that other leaders are doing that is not in um, the will of the Lord. There's just no other way to put it. But they pick and choose when they want to live the whole word, and you can't do it only mm-hmm. when it's you know pertaining to something that you're in you're uh, in enjoy or in uh, agreement with. I should say, because I tell people, if you're going to do the word, do the whole word. You can't agree with the word that's on page five, but then by the time we get to seven, because it's something you don't like, now you don't agree with that aspect of the word. Either you agree with the word or you don't. And if truth be told, most of the people who have issues with those who are moving up in office are upset either because they have not been acknowledged in the same office or didn't have the backbone to stand up to the sarcasm and the scrutiny of doing what you feel God called you to do. Now, my only problem would be if Jesus' ministry started when he was 30. Mm-hmm. So if he started when he was 30, even though he was already a child as a, a carpenter, and he was able to talk to the Pharisees and talk to the different scribes and all of that, even at the age of 12, his ministry started at mm-hmm. 30, where it gave him time to understand all that needed to be known. He was the word living amongst us, but God right. gave a reason for starting at age 30. And so there, there are some things that um, a lot of people don't want to address because it will, uh, it doesn't appease uh, what they're trying to do. And so I, I believe that God's going to do what he does best. He's going to yeah. shut a lot of people's mouths. He is the ultimate judge. And who can say? We could ask even some of the greatest apostles that are living amongst us now, who said you should be an apostle? You understand? Mm -hmm. That question could be asked to anyone. It's whether you have the correct answer. It's whether you have the anointing or the oil that follows that which you say God called you to do. Exactly. Exactly. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. At this time, let's let's check with our... uh, other viewers and see if they have any questions, want to add uh, or ask any questions, make any statements at this time. I believe Apostle Wyatt is on the line. I know she got something to say. <laughs> Hi, Apostle Wyatt. Still on there? Apostle Wyatt? Well, we'll see if she come back on here. Oh, okay. Is there anybody else on the air? I'm sure there's some good questions, some observations. Who's that? Did I hear someone? 
I do have. Hi, this is Prophetess Barmore. Hi, Prophetess. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you for joining in with us. Hi, I do have a question. Um, yes, ma'am. One of the things that's trending now is, of course, some of the youth that are dressing, and I don't know if this was a part of the conference because I kind of um, got on a little late, but some of the youth are dressing, um, I guess, transgender-like. Um, some of the girls are dressing a little bit like the boys, and the boys are dressing somewhat feminine with the man person and things of that nature. In this day and time, as ministers, I know we have a standard that we need to make sure that we're we're preaching, but how mm-hmm. do we how do we um, go forth and um, preach you know the the principles of, of of God without necessarily offending if that makes sense because it's it's, it's not just happening in the church but it's it's a worldly issue things that are happening in the schools with the how they're dressing and things of that nature so I just wanted to you know, just ask that question, any suggestions in terms of how to handle those conversations? Well, Apostle, you want to take a, a start with that? Well, that's kind of like a sidebar um, because we're really talking about leadership and their influence, but um, in their dress code, but the transgender dressing is a matter of um, upbringing. It's a matter of... Um, well, upbringing is the best thing I could do. There there are a lot of things that are being tolerated now that in our day and time would just not have been accepted, um, and they didn't have a fear of addressing it or calling it for what it is. Um, even, even when we talk about tolerating things, um, there's still a measure of how much should be tolerated. And, and again, our influence, um, should be one of such that we can minister to that scenario without um, coming down. Uh, we don't want to be offensive in our tactics, but the Bible says that we shouldn't be making friends when we minister. We should be speaking the word so much so that it compels them to change. And so we we can't just say, oh, well, you know, that's just them. No, saying that's just them gets a lot of people in trouble. Even as a mother, when your children, when you're rearing your children and they go from baby to toddler and they start walking around and they start knocking stuff over and touching and one parent says, oh, they just small. No, hit them now. Tell them no now so that they understand that I'm not going to move this out your way. What you're going to understand is just because it's there doesn't give you the right to touch it. Same scenario. You have to understand and know how to talk to and deal with um, that issue from that perspective. You can't change who you are, but you can try to help them understand um, how they were fearfully and wonderfully made and and what things would um, better them to walk in that which they've been created to do. That's good. And and also, Prophetess, one of the things that when I was younger, uh, myself, I've I've never been interested in personally in the other sex. I've always been heterosexual. Um, but at one time, I enjoyed wearing a certain men's shirt because it had a it was a, a kind of a style for us down here in the South. It, it was just certain things. It was just baggy clothes. Uh, sometimes too, even though it's a style, it's an indication that is uh, that person might have been a victim of sexual abuse. But um, 
one of the things that I learned in church, um, the subject was brought up about uh, demonic warfare, spiritual warfare. And so that's how I learned that when you uh, put on male clothing, being a female, you're taking on another spirit. Uh, some people believe in that. Some people don't believe in that. But that's what I was brought up on, and it opened the door to certain conversations. And whereas, not that I'm pacif- I was pacified, but it gave me a spiritual awareness. And so immediately I began to ask questions because I'm an inquisitive person. And so what I did was I stopped, I asked questions, and I stopped wearing men's shirts. So even to this day, I, I don't wear men's shirts. Uh, even clergy attire, somebody was saying, well, if you can't find a woman's shirt, you can also wear, no, 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 no. I will keep looking, you know, and that's how it was. And so it gave me the insight because some people look at it as a fashion trend, but, you know, you could be taking on another uh, uh, spirit. And so, you know, it's just something that somebody might not be thinking about, but it can open their eyes and under spiritual understanding to the things in the spirit world. And why open that door, you know, especially to demonic access. And so the more we talk about it, just like Apostle was saying in church and being educated on those things, letting them know now this is what you're opening up. This is what not moving that table but saying, no, you're not going to touch that table, the more we need to be aware of that and, uh, you know, letting them know this is not something that you want to take but not embarrassing them because nowadays the children, the youth are, are saying, hey, you know, you're not going to tell me to do this. A lot of them are wise, as the Bible says, but some can become wicked. And so uh, you want to be able to relate it to them, but in a way that they will receive it um, so that they won't stray further out. I hope that uh, answered your question. Yes, you did. Thank you. Thank you, Apostle. You're welcome. Oh, you're so welcome. Any other questions? Is Apostle Wiley back on? That was a, a good question while we're waiting uh, for other questions because nowadays, Apostle, we're living in the times that um, the transgender uh, generation is coming up and when you're wearing clothes of the opposite sex or transgender sex, um, you have to be able to be insightful of the word. Uh, a former job that I just left, uh, they had transgender bathrooms. And I'm I'm sitting here like, oh, my God, I'm not, no, I'm not even condoning this at all, you know. And it was just like, Lord, you hear my, my cry on this one. Because I'm 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 just not even condoning this, and this was in the state of North Carolina, and and so we're living in those days now that people are condoning those things of the world, and we as believers in the body of Christ, we really have to make a stand on what that we're going to be flat-footed and firm on the Word of God. Amen. You know. And so we're going to have to be either flat-footed in word, 
we're living in those times. Either we're going to be in it to win it or we're going to have to, as they used to say, put up or shut up, you know, because those are those times that we're we're actually living in, you know. Do we have any other questions? I'm sure we got an interesting audience that that mm-hmm. are interested. Yeah, because that was a good, that was a really good question, and so, you know, that might uh, bring up another uh, discussion. We have to have <laughs> you back on again, Apostle Alma. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, because I, I just really thank God for you. You've done a wonderful job today, you know. Um, and have you had to have a conversation similar to that in, in your ministry, uh, Apostle? Well, we praise God, not yet. Okay, not okay. Yet. Well, what, I, what I have had, I, I'm not necessarily transgender, but I've had uh, young people who, male and female who were not sure which way they wanted to go um, Uh and um, were in the um, experimental mode and and, and just being able to talk to them and be real because um, it's not that uh, I don't understand them. I mean, if I had not had the strength or um, that wake-up call from my family, even when I was uh, first going through my divorce, I could have found myself in that situation because what I thought was someone being friendly um, was somebody trying to pull me in. So I didn't understand that until someone brought it to my attention. And so now I try to use that um, to help them understand that I'm not far from where you are. No, I didn't go all the way out there, but I have had the experience of almost entering into a place that would have been difficult um, to get out of. And so with my transparency, I've been able to um, help them, you know, see. And, and some of them are just, you know, like I tell them, if you're saying that you really love God with your whole heart and soul, there's just a part of you. You have to understand that while he loves you, he hates that sin. So you have to decide which one you're going to do. Right, right. And, you know, nowadays a lot of times, too, we have to remember that sometimes, you know, people are looking for Christ and don't realize that he is the one that they're looking for. Uh, And they're thinking that he is in that person, that male or that female or that same-sex gender, you know, when actually Christ is whom they're looking for. And, you know, that same-sex gender or that man or that woman is not who they're looking for. You know, the love that they are looking for. Now, you know, some people, are, you know, want a mate, and I'm not saying that particular love, you know, but the love that, that Christ gives, no one can feel that but him. And so some people are looking for the love that only Christ can, re- can feel. And when you submit yourself and accept him, as the Lord and Savior of your life, he is the one that's going to be able to fill that void. He is well, the only have, one that can fill that. Well, you have to understand, too, that here's, again, a chance where your influence comes in. Unfortunately, right. 
um, what do you do when the influence is in the same life you in? So what mm-hmm. what do you want to do? How do you how do you help me walk away from something you're in? And you're the one that I'm looking at. And unfortunately, that's where we are today in the church. There are souls that are crying out saying, I want that void filled. And they're looking for love in all the wrong places. And then when they come to the place that they feel is the right place, they find out instead of that person helping you get through. Now that person became a part of what you're in. So what? Mm-hmm. when do we stand up? When, when do we um, use our influence in its proper perspective? that even though that might have been my struggle, now that my struggle is now looking me in the face and say, hey, help me get out of this, let's use our influence and not our flesh and say, you know what, um, I'm not the one to help you in that right now, but let me direct you to this person. See, you, you have to know that when and how to use the influence that you have. Don't use that mm-hmm. influence and now find them in that vulnerable state and pull them further in to what they're trying to get right. out of because that's a stronghold. That's not a struggle. That's a stronghold, and you don't want to do that. And so influence plays a very important part. Yes, they are looking for love. They have been hurt. They have been neglected. They have been rejected. Their, lo- their self-esteem is little or none because of situations that that have happened in their life. And it's just easier to talk to somebody who has the same kind of sentiment that I have, that has the same kind of joy spots that I have, that has, you know, because that, that's just the reality of it all, that uh, I can't speak exactly from the male perspective, only from those who have been willing to share with me. But from right. the women that have shared with me, it's easier for a woman to understand where I am because our sentiments, the way our heart flows, the way our mind goes, the way we respond to different things is is the same or similar. And so it's easy to connect to that because yes. I don't have to go through. So we have to use our influence and say, yes, while this is that, let me help you understand that there's, you can still get out of this. You can still live past this. I'm here to let you know that even in your worst situation with the biggest stronghold in your life, there's this man called Jesus. That's right. If you would just let him do what he does best, can't nobody fix you, as these people say, for lack of better wording. Can't nobody fix you better than Jesus. Exactly. It's our job to use the rod that's in our hand, in other words. And so when we can't, if I don't know how to do it, then I should be confident to be able to refer them to you. And that's yeah. what, yeah, that's what I, we should be able to do. Because everybody, God has anointed each and every one of us with a specialty or specialties, which are called gifts. And that's what we should be able to do. Whereas one may not be able to do it, we should be confident because we're supposed to be a family, a body of believers, a body of Christ to be able to work together. We're working together with Christ to be able to help each other. If one doesn't, is not able to do it, we sh- somebody should be able to do it that we can trust. And it should not be any friendly fire in the process. So if I may not know because I may not have had that struggle. Oh, I know Apostle Armour. She knows. Let me refer you to her. That's the same way that the world system, say, for example, as in the counseling business, 
as a counselor. My specialty may be addictions counselor, but I may say, okay, you may have uh, trauma counseling. I'll refer you over to Apostle Armour because she may have this experience right here, and you'll be in good hands over here because of the nature of your situation, and I know her work. And the counselor, even in school, they teach you. A good counselor knows how to refer you to someone that is more qualified than them. So it must be that way in the body of Christ. Though the body has many members, they're what? One body. So if that person gets delivered, then we all contributed anyway in that person's delivery, and God is glorified. That's what it's about. I, I I just it saddens my heart, and I um said this early. I was sharing with my bestie Apostle Wyatt, and I was like, um, my heart is really hurt because we can do so many things with the influence that we have, but we choose to tear each other down. Leaders discrediting other leaders, and and nobody taking note of the fact that you once had a path. You had a right. past, so stop trying to wear these people out with their past. Let's tell the truth. You still practicing your past. You just found them. You found a way to master how to cover it up. So there's a lot of things that could be done, and we have to be careful how we use our influence. Because if you will take care of yourself in so much with using your influence to build another leader up and giving them an opportunity. We always say, my, my brother's keeper and my, my sister's keeper. With the way some of these leaders keep one another, I choose to stay over here by myself because I'm supposed to be able to go to my brother and my sister in the kingdom and tell them of my issue and have them pray and cover me, not expose me. Because if God exposes some of the ones who doing the exposing, there would be no charge. Exactly. We have to learn how to use our influence the way God gave it to us to do. We're too busy tearing each other down, trying to see how many, if I could get this many members at my church. It's not about the number of members in your church if your influence is tainted. It, it just isn't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. And the sad thing about it is that's where part of that clothing is going. Is is what we were talking about that referring? They feel like that if they can spiritually expose you, make you become naked in their own way, then they will have the clothing that they need to make themselves look good, and you are lacking. Yeah, you're you're in a deficit, but they don't realize. But God will expose the one who need to be exposed who comes with unrepentant sins, who continues to defile his name, tries to make him of none effect. But, you know, and it's, it's, it is disheartening because we're supposed to be workers together. We're supposed to be bring glory and honor to his name. We're supposed to be effective witnesses of him to show the validity and the authenticity of Jesus Christ. We're supposed to be out there, going out there according to Matthew 20, 19, and 20, going out and making disciples. We're yes. supposed to be doing those things because he's going to turn around and ask us why we didn't do it. He's going to ask it. Yes, he is. Each he's one gonna of us come will be accountable for our deeds. Yes. He's going to come back and ask us 
Why didn't we do these things? That is part of the clothing that we're supposed to have. Those are the fine garments that we're supposed to concern ourselves with. That is it. Well, Apostle, I want to thank you so much for being on our show. You have done a tremendous job. I want you to know from the bottom of my heart that you did a phenomenal job today. I, I know that the the different panels, they may have had other obligations, but you took one for the team, and I <laughs> tell you, you did an awesome job. Amen. I Amen. want you to know you were phenomenal. I hope we can get you back on here soon. Um out to each of you that participated, that listened, I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank our sponsor, Evangelist Victoria Sheffield. I want to thank the Avon uh, group. I want to thank all of our sponsors for being uh, a valuable part to our broadcast. And I would love for each and every one of you to join us again in two weeks. Um, for our broadcast where we will have more interesting topics to talk about on Kingdom Today. This is Bishop Kelly Zimmerman, and know that I love you, but guess what? Jesus loves you best. Apostle Armour, I will be sending you a message on your instant messenger, so stay tuned. You all have a blessed day in the Lord. All right, until...
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.